So I was thinking about this not too long ago and it's a bit odd. If Shorty is into dirty talk, does that mean that that coochie is voice activated though? Because like how else would you expect the fact that she gets turned on through dirty talk? And I know, I know it sounds wrong and you know it makes them sound all techy, but it even gets worse because if she asks you to touch it, it could be that, you know, it's touch to reveal. Just saying. Also, if you touch certain places, she'll feel good and then that'll make her vibrate and then she'll start acting a certain way. So in a way, women's vaginas are almost like smartphones. So now the only features that they need to add is a double tap so that they can fall in love with you and the pressing on one side of it and then like pressing of like the nipple to like take a screenshot and for some of you maybe a nice triple tap you know just to do like a quick factory reset or like you know send you to sleep or some shit would probably work and maybe playing around with it a little bit so that you can change its ringtone from oh my goodness to your name but anyways before it comes off as if i'm objectifying women and i am disrespecting the vajayji it's all love and uh, we should probably start this podcast because, you know, it's the first one of the year. So in classic fashion. Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who has been working on his voice activation skills. He is a man who has been referred to as Dr. Love, but on cocaine. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets here and there and break them down and make some sense out of it. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, then I'm here to repeat it for you. But it's pretty simple. You see a tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. It's pretty simple. On Twitter, you can send it to my personal DMs at Bagaka, the D, the B, and the D are capital. Send it to the DMs there. You can send it to the DMs on Instagram at Breaktime on Westside. And on Facebook, you can send it to the Facebook page of Breaktime on Westside, which is, as it says, Breaktime on Westside. Now, before I get into the main tweets of this week, there is something that did kind of make the headlines of Kenyan Twitter for, you know, the end of the previous weekend all the way through this week. And it was the Elsa Majimbo story when she was on No Filter with Naomi, Naomi Campbell's podcast. And she made some very interesting comments. So I'll play for you exactly what was said. And then I will get into why I feel like on one side, it wasn't entirely bad. And on the other side, there could be something else behind it. So here it is. And we must explain to me, but explain. Um, where lighter-skinned people are given more opportunities and are made to feel like they can succeed more. And I know exactly what you're talking mm, about. Then, and I've seen it all over the world. Mm, it happens all the time. And I was made to feel like just because, you know, I was darker, you know, that I was maybe less pretty, I had less... Don't listen to that. I can. We need to introduce you to Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Whoopi Goldberg did no filter and she explained what she went through. Oh. And you know, color purple, um, ghost. We need you to sit down. We need to get you a sit down with Wolfie. Just set you straight. Yeah. Do not allow anyone to change the way you feel because of color of your skin ever. Now, obviously, this entire interview is about 33, 34 minutes long. 
But this particular part of the clip is what made the Kenyan part of Twitter, mostly the Kenyan online community, really, really pissed. Because everyone was kind of losing it, not necessarily because of the fact that she said that people were, were bullying her online and were making her feel bad, but it was the reason behind it. Because she painted her Kenyan haters, or more so the people that weren't exactly fans of her work, as colorist. And while everyone is entitled to their own opinion, regardless of whether you're a celebrity or not, I think this one hit a little close to home because no one publicly went out to talk shit about her content based on her skin color. Maybe there could be one or two cases that aren't as known, but still, people didn't hate on her content because of her skin color. The reason why most of the Kenyan crowd didn't appreciate her content is a little bit simpler than that. And the problem is, the minute people started calling her out on this, it started becoming this whole fight of, oh, you know, Elsa managed to make it without you guys supporting her. Oh, you guys should give Elsa Majimbo a little bit more respect, blah, 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 she's come from far. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with giving respect, but I do feel like there's two sides to this story. Because one, maybe she actually felt that that's why her content didn't grow. And she felt like that's why the Kenyan crowd didn't really receive her as well. And it makes sense. I think that wouldn't make sense. You know, there's typical insecurities that you can have that you feel other people feel the same way because you feel it. And, you know, much as it might not necessarily be true, that's how she felt that we felt about her, if I'm making sense. Now, the other side of this equation is a little bit different from that, and that is just her clout chasing so that she can reach out to the Kenyan crowd and she can get more clout from us. And when you think about it right now, it does seem a bit far-fetched because, you know, she already has 1.6 mil followers on IG. Plus, on top of that, she's been getting quite a bit of worldwide recognition, so why would she really need the clout from us Kenyans who haven't really supported her as such? But you kind of think about it and you look back at some of the stuff that she's done for the sake of the cloud. And not too long ago, when she was on a TV show as a guest, she did mention that her dowry is about, what, $4 million, $4 million or shillings or something of that sort? And she said that openly on live TV. Granted, she did get some clout from it and, you know, a lot of Kenyans did get to know of her existence that way. And when you think about it, it's a pretty easy way to get clout when, you know, you're busy triggering people and you're making them get pissed. It's a lot better than showing booty, which I don't think she has, or tits, which I also don't think that she has. And it does kind of seem to serve the purpose of generating clout for her, because you get a bunch of Kenyans mad, they'll share it and talk shit about it, boom, your name is everywhere. And when you think about it that way, it does make a little bit more sense why she'd make such a statement. Because it's not like people will be able to hit up Naomi Campbell and say, you know what, this woman lied and she doesn't deserve that respect and the pity that you're giving her. Because on one end, she's already painted the Kenyan online community as spiteful towards her and as hateful towards whatever content she's made. And on the other hand, she has an entire international community, part of which is South African Twitter, which is brutal, that will pretty much come to her aid. And you kind of look at it, she's pretty much insured herself and whatever it is that we'll try to tell her isn't really going to do much damage to her, but it is definitely going to add to her clout. So whether we like it or we don't, I think Elsa has actually won this battle because 
you kind of look at it this was an online community that never really pushed her and granted i can get why people didn't people just didn't find her funny here and now that she's gotten you know a lot of international respect and people want to interview her and she has a lot of love from south africa and west africa and other parts of the world she can clap back at us with minimal repercussions so for this one i i'm not sure how to say it better but i think kenyans on twitter really need to take the first l they've ever really gotten because elsa has actually managed to take the fact that we don't like her and used it to her advantage to make us look even worse than we actually are so whether she actually did feel this way or whether she was just doing this as a cloud chase either way we have to admit that she has actually beaten the kenyan online community on this round i can't say that she's won the war but in this battle i think she's pretty much beaten us hands down from a very strategic point of view that being said i do think that you know y'all should probably start giving me a little bit more support otherwise i'm gonna get some international accolades and then i'm gonna talk shit about you <laughs> anyways i should probably move it on to our tweets for this week and the last ones of 2020 so on to the first tweet now this tweet was in reply to another tweet which was don't marry a rich man marry a good man he will spend his life trying to keep you happy no rich man can buy that and the reply was stop deluding these babes no romance without finance there's no pleasure in struggling together i have to agree on this there is no romance without finance and it's it's one of those things that people like to bypass and say oh you know you don't need a lot of money to make a woman happy and yes that is true but well you need money to make your woman happy or your man happy depending on which one of you decides to take up the bills because truth of the matter is whatever it is that you find romantic to do usually requires some level of money unless it's just cuddling and having sex all day i think everything else needs money and even if that one's free the house that you're in the place that you're at to do all of that requires some level of money you guys will probably want to eat that requires money as well this whole lie that they give single men who have money issues a deluded idea that money can't buy happiness and you can get a woman even though you don't have money i think it needs to stop because look at it like this if you want to take her out on a date that requires money if you want to go for an event even though she doesn't mind handling tickets or doesn't mind handling drinks you need your own money just in case something happens or you know just in case she gets pissed and she tells you to fuck off and go home she wants her favorite drink and not unless if it's water that requires money too and guess what even water needs to be paid for so that requires money too not unless if you live right next to a river her favorite food costs money you guys having netflix and chill that netflix requires money and the chill food bit requires money as well and after considering all of these factors you still want to be deluded by the idea that you don't require money to be in a relationship it is a bit hard to kind of ignore all of that but before you make it seem as though money is what you require to make the relationship good i will state for the record the quantity of the money you have doesn't necessarily coincide with the quality of the happiness in your relationship and this does kind of sound like a slightly more sophisticated way of saying money doesn't buy you happiness but in reality it just means that you can have money 
and have a good relationship but it doesn't mean that having more money will make the relationship better at some point it might actually end up making the relationship worse and that makes sense but the issue is a lot of people usually like to make this whole statement of you don't need money to be in a relationship and the way they say it is misinterpreted so that it can make it seem as though you don't need money to be in a relationship so to kind of clear things up i will say that most people kind of think about the whole idea of money and relationships in the extremes so when people say you don't need money to be in a relationship and i say that that's bs it's because people will think about it in the sense that you can have nothing at all and still have a good relationship and when i say that people need money to be in relationships they think about it in the sense that you need to be a millionaire you need to be making a lot of money own these kinds of cars have a house blah 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 for you to be in a relationship which also isn't necessarily the case the truth of the matter is as long as you're able to hold your own financially as well as pretty much just live comfortably enough that you're not struggling to make ends meet i think you should be okay in a relationship relationships shouldn't be a problem for you now of course there's people that have started their relationships and they were at the bottom and they've kind of risen up and they'd probably refute this and yes i get it there's people that can start their relationships when they're not making as much money when they're struggling and yes it's possible for relationships like that to actually pick up and grow help that's how a lot of our parents actually did kind of start out but my sense here is first get yourself on your own two financial feet and walk before you can really start to contemplate the idea of getting into a relationship that way at least you won't run yourself dry for someone who'll probably end up dropping you for another person just as quickly as they picked you up just saying but anyways we should move it on to the next tweet I was talking to a friend today and we were saying it's crazy how girls do so much introspection, reflection and educate themselves on how to be in relationships, be they friendship, romantic or sexual, whilst men just vibe and that's why we always end up disappointed. Well, to be completely honest, I have to disagree with this because I don't think this is something that's exclusively for women and men don't do it because here's the funny thing. Men actually do tend to discuss and introspect and reflect and educate each other on a lot of things it's just that we do it differently and i'm saying this as someone who's had close friends that are all female at one point and all male at another and the thing is a lot of people like to assume that guys barely ever talk about stuff that we don't help each other out that we usually just talk about all the fun parts in life and we never really pay attention to some of the serious ones and truth of the matter is we actually do It's just that how it is that we break it down is very different as opposed to women. With women when they decide to talk about it, they can dive into that topic and almost discuss it like they're in class and it's a group discussion. With guys, what tends to happen is that we'll be discussing a lot of different things and we'll drop in those tips, those bits of advice as like nuggets as we're taking the story along because we're never just discussing one thing. We're usually bouncing around different topics here and there. We might be debating on one thing here and there. But as we're busy talking, once something steps in and we feel like we need to advise the boys and we need to sort of just state our position on something, we'll do that, but we'll do that while the story is going on. So, in a sense, we do kind of help each other out quite a bit. And 
the funny thing is there's also girls that also lack the ability to introspect reflect and educate each other as friends and they're probably really good friends because they just party or something and the thing with that is some of them will end up being very pathetic partners some of them will end up being very pathetic friends here and there some of them will be very superficial sort of the same thing that you find guys also being called from time to time and the truth of the matter is it's not like the whole idea of education reflection and introspection is a girl thing and it's not like the whole idea of being superficial just being there for positive vibes and just being part animals is a guy thing this is a friend thing that we're discussing here and when you kind of look at it the good friends that you have the friends that you have a much deeper kind of bond with are the ones that you'll go and have reflective introspective and educative types of sessions with and outside of that deeper connection there's the people that will party with that will be there with for just the good vibes and for the superficial stuff so it's not really a guy thing it's more of a group of friends thing it's very dependent on the kind of friends that you have and whether they're there to help build you or they're just there to have fun with you or they're there to bring you down so by all means this is not a guy thing this cuts across the board anyways that being said we do need to move it on and normally at this point i'd say on to the final tweet of the episode but i kind of want to do things a little bit differently this time so since 2020 just ended i figured i might as well do a 2020 wrapped sort of the same way spotify does it when they send you your stats on the things you've been listening to the podcast the music the genre that you prefer the new genres discovered and so on and so forth so i figured i should do one for break time on west side and more specifically for tweet street now tweet street did start off on march of 6th of 2020 and it's been there ever since and I think this show is the most relatable to human day-to-day life, mostly because it pulls off from your tweets and stuff that each and every one of you say, whether you listen to us, whether you don't listen to us, your tweet might be mentioned, and it definitely hints at something that we think about, something that we feel that happens to us on an everyday basis. So in a sense, it does bring out some of the social topics that we've been discussing for most of this year. And the major topics we did discuss in 2020 on Tweet Street mainly were with feminism and the more radical feminists, the men are trash movement and so on. Those are the ones that to some degree is sort of like they try to bring the whole idea of being masculine and being male down. But, you know, we kind of fought against that. Then there was the cases of the rape and sexual harassment allegations where we kind of looked at the idea of rape and how consent in and of itself is a very volatile thing to look at, fake rape allegations and so on, which did kind of lead to the collab episode that I did with Njuguna Macau, where we discussed that at length and actually does still serve as the longest episode of Break Time on Westside as at now. We've more recently been tackling the whole idea of the age consent question as well, where a lot of women a lot of people have been coming in and talking about how people in their late 20s early 30s 40s and so on were going for people in their late teens and early 20s and questioning whether they should be consented to do so now obviously i've put my views out there very clearly whereby if you're legal enough and you have your national identification with you then I think you should be able to make your own choices and who it is you want to be with, as gross as it seems, because at the end of the day, legally you are considered an adult and thus you are free to make your own decisions. 
beyond that we also did look at the marriage question and the whole idea of getting married early versus not getting married early and for the most part the comments and the feedback that have been coming in have been against the idea of marriage as opposed to for the idea of marriage by all means it has pros it has cons i think it's entirely up to each and every person to kind of choose for themselves the path that they want to take but i do think that there are benefits to marriage much as most of what people have been bringing out have been cons i think there are quite a number of pros that people fail to mention as well and that being said i will state that one of the more pressing issues that's been heavily discussed and heavily brought out but not mostly discussed on tweet street or on break time on west side is racism and the black lives matter movement which was mostly pushed after the death of george floyd but i figured i should mention that as well that being said obviously we've been discussing a lot of things as a break time on west side staples you know love sex relationships and so on infidelity here and there cuckolding once or twice maybe a little bit of porn and if you've been listening thus far if you ever get a chance go to google and type bang bros podcast and look through the options of the podcasts that are there uh that's kind of something that i just realized not too long ago because for some reason it's like a lot of people really liked the mia khalifa versus pornhub versus bang bros kind of debate that was there not too long ago but that said and done i do want to thank you so much for listening to tweet street and for for promoting it for sharing it for bringing comments and feedback on it because i really do appreciate it so considering that in 2019 one of the biggest trending topics was mental health and this year it was toxicity especially toxic relationships toxic friendships toxicity in the workplace at home being a toxic human being was kind of a trend i'm keen to see what becomes the next big social trend of 2021 so thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and thank you so much for being a listener of tweet street you can leave your comments thoughts and feedback on our ig at breaktime on west side on facebook you can reach us at breaktime on west side and on twitter you can slide into my personal dms at bagaka the d thank you so much for coming all the way till the end and if you are on castbox feel free to leave a comment there and i will attend to it accordingly i wish you all a happy new year for 2021 and like i always say i will catch you guys on the next break Take care.